Hey there, I'm Melanie Reed, and this is The HR Mentor. Today, I am very grateful to be speaking to you from the traditional, unceded, and ancestral territories of the Tecumwebstishikwepan people within Shikwepmikulu. I recognize my privilege in this place as an uninvited guest. Today feels pretty special to me because today I'm recording my 50th episode of The HR Mentor. 50 episodes. I can't even believe that I have been at this for two and a half years and am about to produce 50 episodes. There have certainly been some bumps along the way and a ton of learning, but I regret nothing. Creating this content for you and engaging with people in this forum has really been an honor for me and a joy, especially when I get your feedback and I hear that this podcast is helping you, which is, of course, the whole purpose behind it. A little earlier this year, a listener, Tracy Carmen, reached out to me on LinkedIn, and she shared this feedback with me. I recently started listening to your podcast and wanted to sincerely thank you for sharing your experience and expertise. I've been in HR for three and a half years, with about three of those years being as a coordinator. I've recently moved into an HR generalist position and really lack confidence in this role. I find your podcast so calming and informative, and it gives me guidance in all areas I need. One piece of advice you gave was so helpful. Swim in your own lane. I've decided I'm not necessarily an expert at all the things I'm doing, so I'm focusing on becoming one so that I can speak to all I do with absolute confidence. Thank you again for this wonderful resource and response. Well, Tracy, thank you for reaching out to me on LinkedIn and for connecting. And today I'm happy to say this episode is for you and all the other HR professionals out there making the leap from their first HR role to a more advanced one. It is not unusual for emerging professionals to feel a lack of confidence when transitioning from their first role to the next. After all, one day you're an HR coordinator and the next day you're an HR generalist supporting a client group. And let's face it, imposter syndrome is a very real experience. I've talked about this before and I've experienced it myself. Case in point, this podcast. I didn't know what I was doing when I started and I can tell you I had heart palpitations when I hit the submit button to publish my first episode. But like most things, I figured it out over time and got a lot of help and support. And you will too. So today I want to share a few things to consider and focus on when you're making the leap from an entry-level HR role to an advisor, business partner, or generalist type role. And the great news is, even if you aren't brand new to your advisor or generalist role, you can still use these strategies to stand out and make a difference in your organization. There's a lot to talk about today. So let's get started. Welcome to the HR Mentor Podcast, the podcast for emerging HR practitioners to get practical advice, tools, and strategies to build credibility, confidence, and ultimately, a fulfilling HR career. Well, congratulations, my friend. You just got a promotion. 
This is a very exciting time in any new professional's career. And it's often the point that you start to recognize if your chosen career path is the right one for you. If you're still loving HR and the challenges and opportunities it presents, then you are ready to take your professional status to the next level. But you might also be feeling a little bit of a blow to your confidence, right? In your previous role, you probably knew exactly what you were doing, how to do it, and what the expectations were of you. And I'm taking a stab here that if you were promoted from within your organization or landed a new gig somewhere else, you were probably knocking it out of the park. So starting in a new, more advanced role may come with some trepidation and uncertainty. It's kind of like going from middle school to high school. Now, first of all, as I said in the intro, this is a very normal experience and one that you will probably have each time you advance though it will be less and less the older and wiser you become. But let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Today, you're feeling a little uncertain about how to shine in this new role and how to move yourself away from the wobbly knee stage of your transition. So to help you with that, I have a few strategies you can use to quickly boost your confidence and set you up for success. They are number one, get clear expectations on your role in your client group. Number two, focus your time on understanding over advising. Number three, increase the amount of time you spend learning. Number four, seek feedback often and from the right sources. And number five, start exploring HR niches. Let's touch on all of these in a little bit more detail. The first one, getting clear expectations on your role and client group is critically important. This is very similar advice that I share in episode seven, make an impact in your first 90 days, an episode you might want to loop back to. And the reason why is because this advice holds whenever you start a new role. Although there's no sort of prescriptive order to using these five strategies I'm sharing with you today, I do recommend that getting clarity is the most effective starting place. If you're in a new role or organization and potentially both, you will have a heck of a time boosting your confidence if you don't know who you're supposed to work with and what your role is. And although you might think it's up to your leader or coworkers to tell you what you need to know or what you don't already know, that will probably not happen without you taking some initiative. And taking initiative shows people you're interested and engaged in the work you're doing, which is always a good thing. You see, now that you have some experience in HR, there may be a greater expectation that you can hit the ground running. And let's face it, every HR department I know right now is short-staffed and run off their feet. So this may be a good time when you take initiative and ask for the clarity you need to get started in a really good way. If you can meet with your HR leader to get guidance, that's great. But don't hesitate to connect with coworkers to help you find your footing. Perhaps one of your coworkers has provided support to your particular client group, and they can let you in on who's who and what to watch out for. They can also introduce you to people you need to know in order to understand the needs and priorities of the department. Regardless of who you reach out to within HR or within your client group, You want to do this early on so that you have clear expectations of what you are supposed to do on a daily basis, 
what your timelines are, and who you're most accountable to. I think it's also important to note here that there is what your job description says your role is, and then there's what your role is. Your priorities and specific accountabilities might be very different than your job description, which often can be quite general. So the first thing you want to do, get some clarity on your role, who your client group is, and what your leader expects of you as you transition into this new role. And I think it's also important to recognize that expectations are gonna change as you get more comfortable and get more experience. So this asking for clarity can happen throughout your time with the organization or in this particular role. It's not a one and done kind of strategy. Okay, number two, focus your time on understanding over advising. That might sound a little bit weird, but I'm going to break it down here for you. Yes, you've been hired as an advisor to a client group or the organization in a particular subject area, but that doesn't mean you're ready to start giving out advice on every issue. Truthfully, unless you've been working in the same organization for a while and have been closely supporting this client group or function, you probably don't have enough context or information to be giving sage advice. So resist the urge to advise without taking time to fully understand both the people, their goals, and their needs related to whatever issues they may be having. If a previous HR advisor had supported the client group, you are also probably smart to understand their relationship with the managers and how they shared advice. If they were really effective in their role and worked well with the client group, find out what managers liked about their approach. Perhaps there's something there you can emulate. I'm not suggesting you don't make your role your own, but if there is an expectation that the HR advisor provides advice in a certain way or timeline, and you change that and start doing something dramatically different, you might get started on the wrong foot with the managers. And this can take you back more than a few steps in your relationship. So don't rush in too quickly without some good understanding of the culture and the expectations. It's also a good idea to ask your HR leader what they expect in terms of your service to any particular client group. Maybe the HR leader wasn't happy with the way the last advisor handled things. You'll want to understand how and why so that you don't make the same mistakes they may have made. Taking time to understand and ask questions is a great way to build rapport and a relationship with hiring managers. And when you have a good relationship with them and they trust you, there is a far better chance they will take your advice in the future, which of course will be key to your success and effectiveness. I would also suggest that at this early stage, say in the first 30 to 60 days, your time with your client groups is split approximately 70-30, meaning 70% of your time is spent understanding, asking questions, building context, and 30% might be advising. Now, this is really important, and it's a general guideline, but this will help you understand if you're doing too much advice giving too early on and not enough understanding context or situations or challenges. And in reality, whenever you're facing something new in the organization, maybe it's a particular scenario, maybe it's a new manager, or you've been given a new priority, 
you'll probably return to this percentage just to make sure you have the right understanding to provide the best possible advice. The big difference as you gain more experience is that you're going to naturally start doing this over time. Splitting up your time with getting context and gathering information versus advice is going to just become part of your HR DNA. And the best HR advisors I know spend more time understanding and less time advising. Okay, my third strategy is to increase the amount of time you spend learning. This bit of guidance links nicely with the previous advice about understanding before advising. When you're new, you're in learning mode and not just about the expectations of your leader and the client group, but also your HR knowledge and expertise. Human resources is the kind of career where you never really stop learning. Perhaps your most recent role has been as an HR assistant or a coordinator, and you've been focused on a lot of administration and customer service. Maybe you've even dipped your toe into recruiting or compensation. But it is also likely that you've not been entrenched in the current legal landscape impacting employers and HR, or the latest recruitment technology, or even the progressive discipline or grievance process in your organization. It's also likely that you are not aware of all of the organization's policies and procedures as it relates to, say, vacation and other leaves, overtime and training and development. So now is the time to head back to your student mindset and start absorbing as much as you can. I think there are a couple of ways you can approach this. The first one is to dig in whenever you face a new situation. For example, one of your managers calls you and asks you what to do if an employee wants to extend their maternity leave. You collect all the details about the employee, their current status, their maternity leave so far, and any concerns the manager may have about the situation. You then, honestly, tell them you don't know the answer off the top of your head, but you'll look into it and get back to them. Then you do that. You take the information, research as much as you can, and then possibly double check it with a coworker or your HR leader. You can then go back to the manager with confidence and help guide them through the process. The next time the scenario comes up, you already know the answer. The other way you can approach your learning about the organization is to look at the direction you had about the focus for your role and anticipate what situations may come up. You could even ask coworkers or your HR leader what are the most common issues or requests expected from a certain department. Then knowing what they are, you can research, read, look at historical records, and prepare yourself for the inevitable questions that are coming. Neither way is right or wrong, they're just different approaches. You could also do a combination of the two, which is probably the most likely thing that will happen. Because unless you have a really quiet client group, you'll be faced with in-the-moment questions and requests, and those will become your priority. And when you have some downtime, you can explore possible scenarios that could come up. Again, neither is right or wrong. They're just a couple of different options for you to consider. The most important thing you do is recognize that you probably don't know everything you need to know in order to fulfill everything that's expected of you in the role. And that's okay. You're new to the role. So cut yourself some slack and create some space for you to absorb and learn all the things you need to know in order to be successful. 
Okay, the next strategy uh, that I'm going to talk about is about feedback. I recommend you seek feedback often and from the right sources. Feedback is critically important to your success throughout your entire career. Dr. Tasha Yurik, author of Insight, The Surprising Truth About How Others See Us, How We See Ourselves, and Why the Answers Matter More Than We Think, talks in her book about getting the right feedback. She says that we should not necessarily accept feedback from anyone willing to give it. Not everyone has your best interests at heart. Dr. Yurik says that it's important to choose the right people, it's important to ask them the right questions, and to use the right process to get valuable insight. I highly recommend you grab the book for her full advice and her amazing advice on self-awareness. But when it comes to getting feedback from the right people, she notes that who we want feedback from are our loving critics. These are people who will be honest with us while still having our best interests at heart. She also says that it's important to have a level of mutual trust with the person you seek feedback from and that there's someone who has visibility to the behavior that you want the feedback on. So in the context of starting a new role, this is likely going to be an HR coworker or your HR leader because they have a vested interest in your success and the success of the department. You may also seek feedback from the managers you support because they have a vested interest in getting timely good guidance and advice from you. So they want you to do well. Now, when it comes to the right questions, you want to make sure that you're being specific. Just asking someone, how am I doing, is not going to give you enough information to adjust if you need to nor will it point you in the direction of potential learning because that's another possible outcome from getting your feedback. An example of a good feedback question to a manager you support could be, do you find my responses timely enough? Or perhaps one for your HR leader could be, I believe that I'm providing timely responses to hiring managers. Have you received any information to the contrary? And if so, what's the feedback? This is going to give you specific information about how timely your service is. And if the feedback you get is that you could probably step it up a notch, well, then you have the opportunity to do that and to show them that you want to learn and provide the best possible service. It's critically important to be specific with your questions in order to make the most of the feedback you're getting. Because if you get the wrong feedback, you're not going to be able to do anything differently. And then people are going to wonder, why does she keep asking me for feedback? She's not doing anything about it. It might feel a little bit uncomfortable at first, but the more you ask for feedback along the way, the easier it is to be successful. The most important thing to do at the end is to thank the person for giving you feedback and then adjust what you need to adjust to meet their expectations. Okay, my last strategy piece of guidance, whatever you want to call it, is exploring HR niches. Now, this piece of guidance is a little bit different than the others, and perhaps it's not the highest priority when you first start a more advanced role. But at some point, as you get your sea legs under you, one of the things you may want to do is start to explore HR niches, niches within your role that you can excel at. HR is an incredibly broad field. This is one of the aspects that makes it so compelling as a career path. You can love numbers and have a career in HR. 
You can love marketing and have a career in HR. You can love negotiations or conflict resolution or facilitation and training. And all of those passions can lead you to a very successful career in HR. And you can be in a generalist role your whole career and also love HR. But being an expert or awesome in any of these requires you to focus and dig in a bit deeper. I was in generalist roles most of my career, but early on I knew I had a passion for training and development as well as career guidance. My life before I was in an HR role was as an employment counselor, and I've always been naturally drawn to teaching and facilitation. And while as a generalist I provide advice and guidance on all areas of HR, I knew that learning and development was my niche. I was interested in it, and I put my hand up any time there was an opportunity to get more engaged in these areas of the organization. Eventually, this led me to a few specialized positions throughout my corporate career, and eventually I was able to translate that into a professor role at the university. Knowing this was my niche early on in my career allowed the HR leaders I worked with to see opportunities to give me projects or move me into new roles that were aligned with this skill set. It made it easy for them to trust that I would deliver, and it's much easier for them to promote someone internally into a new role than hire someone external. So by communicating my interest and doubling down on my learning, I was poised to advance when the opportunity was presented. You've now had possibly a few years in an HR role and a department, and you've probably realized what you do and do not love about HR in an organization. So start to think about where you feel you can best contribute and shine, and most importantly, where you will feel happy and satisfied in your career. Because at the end of the day, if you're thriving, your team and the organization will be as well. And that's really a win-win for everyone. All right, let's wrap this up with a quick recap. So the five strategies I have for boosting confidence when you level up your HR career are... Number one, get clear expectations on your role and client group. Number two, focus your time on understanding over advising. Number three, increase the time you spend learning. Number four, seek feedback often and from the right sources. And number five, explore HR niches. Now, I have a question for you. Are you serious about your HR career? And do you love the HR mentor? You said yes to both of those, please consider getting a monthly membership. The HR Mentor Fan Club membership is a virtual space where you can get access to special bonus episodes of the podcast, resources, and free downloads, as well as a chance to access special discounts on future programs. If you join today, you will get instant access to my decision-making tool to help you say no to activities that aren't aligned with your values and goals and a whole bunch more. If you don't want to miss out, join today. You can find the link in the show notes for this episode at www.thehrmentor.podbean.com as well as a link to related episodes and the sign-up page for the fan club membership site. You can also find more information on my website at www.unicorngroup.ca. Just click the little drop-down arrow at the top, select the HR Mentor Fan Club, and everything you need to know is right there. And if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, please click the button wherever you're listening and send me your questions or some love with a message on LinkedIn or through a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I just might read it out on a future episode. 
As always, thank you so much for listening. Your time is always appreciated. Take care. Bye for now.